Welcome back to season two of Flop Stars. In case you're new here, Flop Stars is the podcast where we look at projects by our favorite pop stars that underperformed on the charts but found a home with a cult group of fans. I'm Sam Murphy, the editor of The Interns, and I'm joined once again by our pop expert, Project U's Nick Kelly, to delve deep into misunderstood projects. This week, Nicki Minaj's Queen is at the center of our universe. Minaj's fourth project came with antics, controversy, and some classic moments, but it tells a broader story about where rap was at that point. It was the first time her crown was perceivably challenged, not that it was ever up to be snatched. On this episode, we discuss the highs and lows of the Queen era. Well, it's the last time you're gonna see a bad guy do the rap game like me. Hello, Sam. Hello, Nick. I'm excited today. I feel like we have to have a lot of energy to take on this this subject. I am in a mood and a half right now. Um, you know, we record the podcast my morning, <laughs> your your late afternoon, early evening, and I am in the best mood for the day after bumping Queen from top to bottom again. Whoa. Oh, that is great. I'm so I'm ready to dive. I'm in a good mood. Absolutely. I've got my coffee. I in. also listened to it this morning, but a lot of times passed. Um, so my <laughs> energy has dipped since then, but I think I can get it back. I think you can. I think you can. Um, early top line thoughts when we decided to do this album for Flop Stars. I wasn't 100% sure how I was going to feel because, to be honest, it wasn't quite, a, it, it, it hadn't stuck in my mind, this album. It hadn't yeah. stayed around for me. But going back to it, I was like, okay, there are some moments on this album. There's a ton of moments. So that's why I'm really excited to dive into it. You know what? When I, I, I felt a little bit the same as you. And when I was writing down um, all our notes for it, which we often just don't bother reading anyway, but um, <laughs> I was making the notes and there was so there's so much to unpack about this album. Hell yeah. Not only the fact that there was just so much going on for Nicki Minaj at the time, um, but also there was so much happening in hip-hop and pop music at the same time. And I think because of that, Queen kind of got swallowed up. And you go back now and listening to it, I'm like, yeah, there are some really, really strong songs on it that I'm surprised didn't do more than they did because um, as a little preface to why it's sitting in flop stars, it did debut at number two on the album charts in the U S but only spawned one top 10 single, which is Chun, which was Chun Lee, which came out months before the album was even announced really. And really felt like a curveball, I think, particularly for for passive Nikki listeners. It felt like a bit of a curveball for a kind of lead single to be so intense and and lyrically wild yeah. and and heavy listening for a lot of passive Nikki listeners but I think it also was a reintroduction to her and and the truth that she spits and and the real Nikki that's under the kind of you know beautiful pop star moments as well and those more palatable rap numbers yeah um, it was a really good reintroduction for her and I feel like her entire career, Nikki's had something to prove, whether that be proving that she can do pop, proving that she can break through the males in hip hop, proving that she compete, can compete with the new females in hip hop. She's always been proving some, something like almost unfairly. And I think on Queen, she was proving like, okay, I can just do hip hop. Like I can make rap, rap records and I can sell big. Um, I think it's the first album for me that doesn't look like it has any obvious pop moments on it and when you look back particularly at like Pink Friday and Roman Reloaded and stuff like that they were packed they were like 50-50 pop hip-hop um and even on the next one which the the Pink Print that was the same it had a few pop records on it too this one I didn't really spot many at all maybe two or three across the whole like 20 track project or however bloody long it is. <laughs> it is a bit bloated, isn't it? And I know that was a bit of criticism quite early on. And, and I think it, that's been a, a through line for some of the Flopstars records we've, we've visited is they, they tend to be bloated from time to time. And if you really cut them down and made them maybe, you know, two thirds the, the length and, you know, yeah. repl- or even replace some of the more lukewarm songs, you would have maybe had a slightly more successful record. But it's interesting, yeah, you, you talk about, you know, there not being any kind of pop moments, but then you look at something like Come See About Me, 
which which is really a yeah. beautiful kind of pop ballad. And you know, when Nikki gets into that kind of pop ballad territory, she can drive it. She can really steer the wheel there. But that doesn't necessarily make a hit when she goes into that like you know that Alicia Keys style kind of sound, that sort of R and B pop ballady crossover. Where her- thing. Her pop hits are her pop nah. hits have always kind of been either in the EDM space or in the kind of like um, pop R and B crossover, yeah, kind of thing in the in terms of like super bass and records like that. It's just so interesting to me that you've got um, this rapper who, t- in my opinion, is one of the greatest of our generation. No matter whether you're talking mm. um, girls or boys. But then you've also got somebody who defined the pop sound of the, like, millennium as well. Like, she was kicking it up there with, like, Beyonce and um, Rihanna and Katy Perry and those kind of ones who were making huge pop records. And she was like, I'm going to turn around, rap on Kanye's Monster, and then I'm going to hook up with David Guetta and give you, like, the biggest record of the summer. It's just wild what she was able to do. At the same time, and it's so hard to do those things simultaneously, isn't it? You see people that can kind of jump between and, you know, deliver a rap record and then maybe they'll take two years off and then they'll deliver a bunch of pop records and, you know, or or maybe bridge that time with with sort of dance features. But Nikki was, you're exactly right, doing Monster and then also doing obnoxious EDM bangers at the same time. It was, it was, it was, she was proving all the different things that she's able to do um, quite simultaneously. And people talk about how Drake is so versatile um, and can jump from, like, dancehall to rap to, like, a Amigos record to, um, I don't know, he can do, like, a pop feature as well with Rihanna. But, like, there's absolutely no way that he could carry the pop, like, huge pop records like Nicki Minaj could back in the day. And he's the only male rapper I can think of that can even get close. So what she was doing was so out of this world, I think. Um, and I think that Queen was the first time where it started to look like she was no longer the visionary that everybody had seen her as, whether they'd given her kudos or not. She'd obviously always seen herself as being someone who was driving genres forward. This time around, it kind of felt like she had a little bit of paranoia attached to her. I think it's in the title Queen I think that's a very obvious way to like sit herself at the top, whether she deserved to be at the top or not. Um, And I think her behavior surrounding the record as well showed that there was paranoia, which I think is sad because I don't think there was any need to be paranoia. Like she's, she's got her place now. She's always going to have that place. She doesn't need to feel kind of like, um, what's the word? I don't have the word. I know what you mean, though. Uh, Paranoid is paranoid. Like, that's the thing. She was probably a little bit paranoid about. Threatened. And threatened. Yeah, threatened. Yes. That's the... That's a good word. That's a good word, that one. You're right. But there were, you know, the way that pop culture and the way that rap culture was moving just prior to Queen and sort of around, you know, late 2016, 2017, it definitely, there was a yeah. bit of a shifting of the tides going and there was a bit of a changing of the guard happening. Um, and and yeah. you were seeing, I suppose, yeah, some new faces really come to the front very fast and create a real impact quite instantaneously. And that definitely would knock someone around that's been kind of comfortable at the top for quite a while. Exactly. And let's not forget too that Nikki hadn't had a record for about five years at this point. So this was the first record where she was really competing in a new era, which was completely driven by streaming. And I think that has a lot to do with the the project being 20 songs long. Yeah. Um, and I think she was kind <laughs> of figuring out what people on the charts wanted anymore. And to her credit, Chun-Li is not the record I would have listened to and gone, yep, that's the single. That's the one that's going to get you back on top of the charts. It's just a hard-ass rap record that, like, has Nikki beating her chest for three minutes, which I think is amazing (laughs) and and one of the true highlights of the album as well. And that's when I think Nicki Minaj shines is when she's just like, you know what, clear room, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want and you know that I have the talent to make you all listen whether you absolutely hate me or not. From memory as well, Chun-Li came out with Barbie Dreams, didn't it? They kind of came out as a double record or at least very close to one another. Barbie, t- Barbie Tings came out Barbie with Tings. Chun-Li. So Barbie Dreams was on the album. Barbie Tings came out alongside it. I think it was a, quite a trend at the time for pop 
and hip hop artists to release two singles and then watch um, which one took off. I know like Camilla um, Cabello did it with Havana and the Charlie XCX co-write Oh My God, which has been... Very <laughs> good. Just good memory buried. from you. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, it was a bit of a yeah, trend, wasn't it? Were... And it was probably it was probably a case of exactly what you were just talking about a minute ago, people working out streaming and particularly these sort of, I don't want to yeah. call Nikki, Nikki part of the old guard, but, you know, these pop star rappers that kind of came up in the, the late noughties, early teen years as kind of mainstream successes. It was probably a little bit of working out what their place in the streaming universe was going to be at this time. Yeah. How relevant do you think? Nicki Minaj was at the point of releasing this album. Like if you saw someone like Ariana Grande release a single featuring Nicki Minaj, were you like, yep, that's going to push it to the next level? It's a weird one. I think when you leave so much time between records, uh, you do two things. You create anticipation without a doubt and you create excitement for your return, but you also probably allow for other people to kind of come through and sort of take your excitement away and put it onto themselves and you get more excited about their yeah. records. So it's a really difficult one. If you put it into that hypothetical where, you know, you would see an Ariana record or who, you know, whoever was the, the big pop star at the time, say Nikki was going to be on their record, Katy Perry, who we talked about um, last week. Yeah, that's a great, great example. Thank you. I like to bring good examples to the show every now and then. Um, <laughs> you you obviously saw her jump on Swish Swish and it was a little bit of a, okay, is this two, you know, these two women kind of gr- grasping for, you know, some fresh attention or like what's actually mm-hmm. going on here? Um, so, yeah, I, I it's it's weird thinking about what she was. She definitely wasn't like a flop that no one liked anymore and she was, you know, she'd done her thing and gone. I think there was definitely still genuine respect and anticipation for her to return, but she definitely wasn't at the heights that she was once seen. Do you kind of see it that way as well? Yeah, definitely. And I wonder, like, when Queen dropped, like, I, I'll follow Nikki's kind of every move as almost like a mega fan or a Megatron of Nikki. But, um... <laughs> so... <laughs> Queen was I'm always so sad that you slipped Megatron me. reference. Um, <laughs> and I have the editing powers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you go. Back to my point. I wondered, did you? I know that Queen was definitely an event. Like people were talking about it, but I wonder if people were talking about it because of the music or for the antics. And I guess that's a question that I have to direct at you. That's a really good point. Um, I definitely think the antics were definitely an important part of it. And I think everyone kind of, at least super fans, at least real fans, were kind of interested to see where the, what the antics were going to lead to musically. And then when you listen to this album, you really yeah. don't get much of a reflection of the antics, do you? You get, you know, you get those kind of braggadocious yeah. sort of records. You get, you know, w- what you expect from Nikki, which is, you know, weird, weird production, weird flips between rapping and singing and strange other vocalising that she does. Yeah. But but I kind of expected this to be a little bit more, at the time, expected it to be a little bit more hard, a little bit more direct at certain individuals and certain situations in her life, whereas it kind of came out the other end yeah. as just a, you know, a bit of a sort of braggadocious, confidence-reclaiming situation. So it's interesting when you look at the antics, it's like, what was that all for? What was the drama actually all for? Yeah. Um, particularly with like the Cardi situation and the Miley stuff. Like, what what did that all actually lead to for this record? And what's interesting is the song because obviously you've said it, and we'll talk about it a lot later because I think the Cardi um, situation surrounding it is an unfortunate, but definitely a very important um, part of this album. But the song that drew the most attention when this album dropped was Barbie Dreams, which was not taking shots at um, any females. It was very playfully taking shots at all the biggest male rappers in the game. <laughs> just, like, just so brilliantly, flipping a Notorious B.I.G. Um, later Little Kim record <laughs> with some of the 
just most brilliant lines. Um, and the DJ Coloured one particularly. Oh my gets god! Me just because kills. he had just um, weeks before <laughs> talked about how he um, would not give head to his wife, but he expected it the other way around. <laughs> and that was that's <laughs> why came it was weeks before. It was like instantaneous yeah, reaction. It was very it hot off the up. press. Yes. Yeah. She said had to cancel DJ Coloured. Boy, we ain't speaking. Ain't no fat bleep telling me what he ain't eaten. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's and so iconic. Apparently that, because there were so many people dropped in the song, many of um, who are like very good friends with Nikki, and I think a lot of people saw the playful side of it. Apparently DJ Cullen was not happy about that. Um, I think Young Thug was not happy about his appearance, and I think Designer um, rightfully was not. <laughs> Happy about his because she called him special Ed in the song. <laughs> She's so good. And I think as well, like, and also you're foreshadowing um, the game that I have bringing to the table a little bit later. Um, so don't read too deeply into the references of folks on this record because we're going we're gonna to dive into this at some okay. point. Um, I love particularly talking about Barbie dreams. I particularly love, um, the fact that she is just going in on all these men over the smoothest little jazzy guitar riff. It's just like, it's just sort of, you know, (laughs) swanging in the background and Nikki is just fucking delivering over it. And it's, it's such a great example of how much her lyrics cut through and her, her turn of phrase and her, her smart, smart rhyming works because she doesn't need the production to hold her up. She can go on something so simple yeah. and she, yet deliver these just fierce, fierce lyrics. It's brilliant. Nikki is just so charismatic in the way she delivers everything and she's so theatrical um, and like a natural-born actress as well that she can kind of deliver any line with with the kind of like... Um, Gosh, I can't find any words today. Just sort of like relaxedness. Basically just trying to say she's charismatic. Yeah, she just like the hook is of Barbie dreams is like mm-hmm. dreams of playing with all these little rappers. <laughs> and she basically whispers it, but like it's so <laughs> powerful at the hands of her. And that's one thing that I don't think many rappers can do. They have to really say something and they have to put a lot behind the words of it. Sometimes I have no fucking idea what Nicki Minaj is saying, but I'm yeah. thoroughly entertained. Absolutely. And she's got range, doesn't she? Because she can do stuff like that. And Barbie Dreams is a great example of her subtleties and the strength of them. But she can also do those yeah. hard, fast, loud, you know, rap yeah. records, which exist on Queen. And and there is so much range on this album. Um, I think looking back on it, it is actually a really good showcase of her ability um not just yeah and and her ability as a musician i think you know there's there's a certain conversation to be had about her cultural significance and her ability to shift culture um but when you bring it back to her core product which is her music she's just so good at it she's just such a great lyricist she's a great great rapper she's a great singer um you know, and she just has so much range to her. And I think this is a really impressive display of it across this whole album when you look back at it. And it does mean, even if you're going to make an argument for Queen being um, potentially her worst record, if this is her worst record, she still has such a presence on it. A lot of the albums we've talked about on Flop Stars, um, a lot of the artists we've talked about when they fumbled, Witness, for example, Katie you can feel the artist getting smaller almost. Like it feels like things are being taken out of them and they don't have that same like giant size pop star like persona that you think of. But like mm. if this is Nikki at one of her lowest, like you certainly don't get it. It's a, a record that sounds kind of decadent and strong and really powerful at points. I know like there's songs like Good Form on it and Good Form is the kind of song that, like, as soon as it starts, you just have to listen because it's got that beat that's, like, it sounds like it costs $2 billion to make kind of thing and <laughs> Nikki is just, like, so magnetic on it. 100%. And that, and that's exactly it. And, and the production is so interesting across this whole record and every beat sounds, you know, even, even the more sampled ones that you're kind of familiar with, every beat sounds custom-designed for this project and not like she's, you know getting SoundCloud beats and, and rapping over them, which, you know, obviously she's not. Um, 
I don't, yeah. know, I don't know where I'm going with this statement. Can you imagine? Statement. <laughs> She's just trawling SoundCloud like little Nas X. I was just thinking <laughs> that, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Like, it's absolutely working for some people, but this definitely sounds like a, a it's, I don't know if cohesive's the word, but a considered project from a production perspective as well, and a very impressive one at that. Yeah, it's almost like she went to every producer and said, I want something that sounds like you would play it as I'm kind of like they're drawing the swords and I'm sitting on the throne because so many yes. of them, like, they even in the first few moments, like Majesty um, is obviously just like a mighty record. Chun-Li, which we've already discussed, LLC, Good Form. Um, yeah. They're all just big, bold records. Barbie Dreams, obviously. And also really interesting to note, Good Form is having a bit of a moment over the last sort of six to 12 months as a fan cam song um it's being put to a number of fan cams <laughs> including so... including a fan cam of um kim jong-un's sister which was floating <laughs> around during rumors of his unfortunate demise um i did observe a fan cam set to good form of her um What's the relevancy of um, telling a potentially dead <laughs> Kim Jong-un to eat the cookie because it's good form? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it was, I think, you know, there's a... There's is, a I would never understand, but I love it. No, nah, I don't, still don't understand fan cams. I, I, I feigned an ability to understand how um, stan culture works on Junkie a couple of weeks ago, but I still don't get it. I still don't get it. <laughs> oh, you heard it here first. He's a fraud. I'm a, a fraud. Fake. Cancel me. <laughs> um, should we? We've we've had a really nice little unpack so far. But is it time that we play a game? Do you think? It is time because I think we need to start um, considering Nikki in the broader world at this point. Because obviously we've given her a lot of praise for her natural ability. Um, but there's a number of things she shouldn't be praised for and a number of things we have to <laughs> chat about. So um, let's dive into it. So what we're doing is Nikki is the featured or the featurer. Okay. So it's either a song that is her solo song versus or a song that she features on. Okay. Okay. I'm ready to go. Um, and okay. there will be disagreements, I'm sure. And... Make sure you guys play along and let us know what you think. Um, tweet Sam with your responses and not me. <laughs> no, please don't. My, my Twitter's just overrun. I won't see your mentions in amongst <laughs> everything else. What's our Actually, first we, one? we went viral on a um, Taylor Swift fan site oh, the other day, oh, which wow. was quite fun. Thanks, Taylor But I was also site. thought that like I was going to get a death threat, so... But I did oh. it. It's all good. Anyway, let's play that. That's that's completely irrelevant. <laughs> Taylor Swift and um, Nicki Minaj, former nemesises, but I think they've sorted it out now. Yeah, I think so. We don't want to, yeah, get involved with that. So the first song we're doing is Chun Lee, which is obviously lead single from Queen. Look like I'm going for a swim. Versus Say So Doja Cat Remix Feet Nicki Minaj Which was her first Number one record I think Say So Remix Featuring Nicki The version they Accidentally uploaded Before taking it down And replacing it With the correct version Was much stronger And I would probably say I would say so. I think Say So is a genius pop song. And I think Nikki Nikki's version um, initially, the initial version we heard was fantastic. I think the, the version yeah. that ended up going number one, I don't fuck with it. It sounds tacked on. It sounds phoned in. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't work. It's not cohesive. But the first version they'd put out was, was really strong. Um, but comparing it to Chun-Li, which was just it's still just talking about it just then brings back such good energy for me um i'm definitely gonna go chun lee on this one yeah i agree with you and absolutely on the um that accidental upload of say so being the best one (laughs) that was such a good verse um but chun Chun lee yeah just has this real presence to it and even stopping it, not really having a true chorus or like bridge, and it just says they need rappers like me is just such a such a good way to re-enter this space that's like changed drastically since you last kind of had your 
last big hit. So I got to go Chun Li on that one. Great, glad we agree. It's nice to agree sometimes, but I it is nice. This I can because for full disclosure, I can see the you know the ones that Sam is bringing to the table um, on our run sheet mm-hmm. here that we don't follow. Um, I think we may yeah. have a disagreement on this one, but let's go. The next one. Mm. Okay. The next one is Barbie Dreams. I'm looking for a nigga to give some babies. A handful of wheezy, sprinkle of Dave East. Affirmation, no Barbie, Barbie Dreams. Mm-hmm. Versus Migos' Motorsport, which featured Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. Motorsport was strong. Let's have it out there. Yeah. Motorsport was epic. And I think at the time there was just such a... I haven't seen hype like this for a, since, I don't think, around a group oh, it was like huge. Migos. And it, I just, at the time, and then just like having Cardi and Nikki come together on that, um, the video, everything about it, it was just like, okay, this is the fucking new guard of how rap is working now. This is, these are your yeah. new kings. Bow down to them, even if they're 45 minutes late for their Lollapalooza set. Um, and <laughs> was I with you when I saw Migos? Have we seen Migos together? At something? Um, yes, we did. We saw them at Coachella. That's right. Were they late for that or were they on time for that yeah. one? Yeah. Um, I think we might have been late for that one, actually. <laughs> Classic material. Um, I remember. I remember they played motorsport. They brought out Cardi B, but they didn't bring out Nikki. That's right. Bridges had well and truly been burned by that stage. Yes, they were not going to hang out on a stage together. Look, um, long story short, motorsport, definitely a moment. Migos were, that was that was a real peak for Migos, along with a number, a number of records at the time. Um, but everything we've just spoken about with Barbie Dreams, I can't go past it. It just was so ridiculous and strong and powerful and, and understated and subtle. So, yeah, I'm going and go Barbie Dreams. And I apologise for foreshadowing this with saying we were going to disagree because I don't think we're going to disagree. Right? <laughs> now I feel like I have to disagree. <laughs> I, I agree with everything you said about motorsport. It felt like an event. Yeah. Um, but maybe the event of it kind of outshone what the song actually was because Cardi B's verse is very strong. Nicki Minaj's is very strong as well. Migos yeah. may as well have not been there. They kind of like hosted a dinner party for two eccentric people that made it look like they didn't even own the house. You know, like <laughs> it, it was insane that they would kind of let that happen in their arena. Yeah. But also very cool that um, these two female rappers are coming in and just absolutely stomping over male rap and Hell yeah. the biggest male rap group at the time, um, which is really cool. And it's a shame what perspired after. Yeah. After this song was released. It is um, a shame. But yeah, Barbie Barbie Dreams is Nikki in an absolute element, I think. So I've got to go with that. Yeah, 100%. What's our next one? Okay, maybe we'll get an, a disagreement on... God, I'm testy popping like I'm a 14-year-old today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's going to be tough. Starships. Let's go to the beach. Eat. Let's go get a wave. Day, day, versus Beauty the and the Beat by Justin Bieber. Feet Nikki Oh, oh, this is tough. This is tough. I think if you put Super Bass up against Beauty and the Beat, it would be a pretty clear one for the for the uh, former. Yeah, I almost did that, and I knew it would be too. I couldn't put Super Bass in any. It's too strong. Yeah, I think this is going to be the first one where I go with the feature because I Starships is fun. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. It's definitely not her strongest in that ilk either. I think, you know, you look at something like Pound the Alarm, which that goes full ratchet, weird EDM pop. Um, Beauty and the Beat is one of my favourite Bieber songs. It's just a perfectly crafted pop song. Um, Nikki's verse yeah. is super fun. It's sort of like, I don't know, it was very controversial for Justin at the time because he was still kind of yeah. a, a teen and Nikki comes in and sexualizes the whole song um, within seconds and everyone <laughs> went, whoa! And then obviously Bieber has done <laughs> way worse things since. Um and, you know, it was it was a time when, you know, Biebs and, and Selena's relationship was around and Nikki was kind of like this older woman. But I got to keep in. my eye out for Selena. Selena. <laughs> um, love the, love the one-shot video for that, that song. It's brilliant. Just that kind of pool party energy. Like, that was a fun pop yeah. moment. And, and, again, we talk about these event pop 
situations. I think Beauty and the Beat was a massive, a massive event pop moment, yeah. and um, it still stands up for me as a really great Bieber song. So I'm gonna go Beauty and the Beat. Okay, that <laughs> this is a hard one for me. They uh, they feel like they were around the same time. I'm assuming they were probably around the same time, roughly from memory. Um, yeah. They're both a lot of fun. They're both absolutely ridiculous. The thing I particularly like about Starships is it's so dumb. Like it's so dumb. <laughs> but like I don't I don't think she likes it at all anymore. It was like this like musician who was just absolutely on top of the game and was like I feel like I can't fail right now, so I'm just going to test how close I can get to it and it, like it was almost like an art experiment in that way <laughs> and i and i really appreciate just how ridiculous she went on it don't forget this is on the same um album that she opened with um roman holiday which had about five different songs put into one including her rendition of um oh come all you faithful <laughs> kind of like a demonic backing track so <laughs> She was trying things and I've got to award the experimentation. I've got to go with Starships. <laughs> All right. I respect it. And remember, this is that really fun, silly pop time of like 2011, 12, where like Red One yeah. and Doctor Redacted and a couple of others were kind of, you know, making those really simple guitar riffs and putting them to floor to the floor beats and then playing with like dubstepy kind of production elements yeah. in the hooks. And. That was fun. That was a fun pop time. And it was fun. And pop stars were just spilling shit all over them. Whereas <laughs> now it's like, you've got to have a four-page essay about what it means to you and your dead aunt. <laughs> Hello to anyone who's ever had a dead aunt. Um, what is our final <laughs> featured or the featurer? Um, okay, so this is, a, this is a good one. Bed yeah. from Queen, which featured mm-hmm. Ariana Grande. Versus The Light Is Coming by Ariana Grande feet Nicki Minaj, both released within weeks of each other, I think. Um, this is probably the hardest one for me, I think, because, yeah, I to be honest, neither really stand out to me. Neither are particularly strong. They both suck. Yeah. I didn't want to be... I didn't want to say it, but... I don't like either of these songs. They're definitely not songs I would go to. And they were definitely songs I actively avoided when they were, you know, out and yeah. on the radio. They were the kind of songs that turned the monitors down for. Well, let's not um, forget from one of the best duos in music as well. Like we oh, got shit, um, yeah. Side to Side and Get On Your Knees and Even Though I Hate It, Bang Bang. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I would have to go The Light Is Coming though because I just think it's the more fun one. It sticks in my head a bit longer. It's based on based on sheer memorability, I think. The light is coming for me. Yeah, yeah same for me. Bed sounds like it was just phoned in from both of them. Yeah, At least exactly. the light is coming has a bit of, little bit of experimentation and feels a little bit fresh. Um, Bed, yeah. I just can't believe that that was the song she chose to load up the album with. But <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Oh man Alright well I'm glad we only had one uh, mild disagreement there Which wasn't even a disagreement Because I actually you know loved those songs So we really get We're getting along today which is a good sign We're getting along There's been no storm outs or anything We're going to really slide through the rest of this episode um, (laughs) If we agree on the the big rivalry we're about to mention um, Which is one I purposely kind of didn't want to bring up too much at the beginning, but it is one that really overshadowed Queen in a way, um, yep. took a lot of the headlines and obviously led to one of the great um, rivalries of our of our modern day um, and one of the parties throwing a high heel shoe at the other while at a fashion event, which is... <laughs> one of the parties. <laughs> one of the parties. Pete 2018. That party <laughs> is, of course... Cardi. Yes. So prior to this album, um, about not even a year, about nine months before Cardi B comes through with Bodak Yellow, which I don't think anybody expected to be the hit that it was, but it was a runaway hit. Um, 
gave her a number one record straight away, which is obviously something, as we mentioned before, that Nikki has been chasing up until this year. Um, female rap is in a space at the time where it, Nikki doesn't really have anybody who's competing with her on her level. There's obviously a lot of good female rappers bubbling under, but none that were competing with her on a mainstream level and certainly none that would find themselves in TMZ and places like that. So I guess now you have two female rappers who are doing well for the first time in ages. Like, let's not forget, I think it was Cardi who said herself just a few weeks ago that when she was growing up, there seemed to be a lot of female rappers around. There was Lil' Kim and Eve and Missy Elliott and people like that. And then they kind of disappeared completely. And Nikki was the one who broke that drought um, and came back, but she existed in her own playing field for so long. So then you've got a competitor and even if you don't view them as a competitor, the press are really hyping it up and they wanted there to be a rivalry and they got one. And I think Nicki Minaj's paranoia just absolutely boiled over during the whole of this thing. Um, And I think it's why she went with the queen title and stuff like that. I think she was trying to prove a place that she didn't need to prove. And it's an unfair position that, they were both put in, I think. Absolutely. Paranoia is definitely the word and it's definitely something very present for a lot of pop stars. And I think we've looked at, you know, folks like Taylor and Katie over the last, you know, few weeks and we've realised there is a sense of, you know, the paranoia of losing your title of being you know, at the top and losing that yeah. top tier respect and love. And it's, we've seen what, what, it, what happens to people. You look at folks like Madonna who've lost that kind of top tier respect and it, for, yeah. for whatever reason and, and often for unfair reasons as well and often for reasons not connected to any sense of talent or anything to do with, with record strength. It just ha- sometimes it just happens because folks push you out of that, of that space. But I think for Nikki, she wasn't ready to let go. And rightfully so. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing, the other thing I think for Nikki is <clears throat> she probably saw this this young rapper coming through who, at the time, I, I remember around Bodak Yellow, the conversation outside of really kind of you know of core kind of rap fans and rap circles, the conversation was uh, she wasn't really seen as a rapper yet. She was very much still influencer. Yeah. T- celebrity TV. This is Cardi, by the way, not Nikki. She yeah, was seen yeah. as influencer. Yeah. <laughs> no. I was going to say Nikki, bloody hell, Nikki. <laughs> Nikki has to do a lot of work to get labelled a rapper if she wasn't in 28. <laughs> <laughs> and and she did it. Um, yeah, Cardi, Cardi had this one song and hadn't really backed it up yet. It was going great. But a lot of it was like, oh, yeah. this is based on the, you know, the celebrity of her and the influencer kind of yeah. side of her and she really hadn't credit and i suppose for nikki the thinking would have been i'm not gonna let this you know this woman who isn't really a rapper she's not one of our kind of old guard cash money you know crew um yeah you know she hasn't grown up and, and done the work and put in the, the effort so i'm not going to let yeah. her take my crown so there would have been extra incentive for nikki to try and hold on at the time i think yeah and i think there's obviously naturally going to be some annoyance there for someone like Nikki because she had to break down so many barriers to get to where she was. And I guess in a way she felt like someone was just walking through. And what's interesting when I, when I was thinking a lot about this today, I'm like, would it happen now? Like would Cardi feel threatened by another female rapper coming up? And she's obviously not. She's currently on a number one record with Megan The Stallion um, yep. Doja Cat's in the charts this week. Nicki Minaj is in the tw- the charts this week. Saweetie's in the charts. There's just so many now. Yeah. And I think female rap is finally getting to the point where it's populated enough and it's getting its respect that we don't have to have two people competing for the top spot. Because when you think about male rap, Drake, um, Kanye, Kendrick, J. Cole... Um, Migos at one point, none of them were ever like in headlines with each other with like, oh, who's the better rapper or like, obviously people will naturally talk about that, but it wasn't to the point of like, there should be a feud between these two because only one can exist. They could all exist because they all like occupy very different facets of a genre that 
does have so much to it. And I now when I think about it, Cardi and Nicki are very different rappers. They didn't need to be kind of competing for the same thing. And maybe jumping on that Migos song together was the big mistake in the end. They maybe should have waited their time until it could just be them, like Megan and Cardi are doing right now. Um, yep. And Megan and Nicki have done as well. So it just it was just an unfortunate position that they were put in. And I think Nicki was the one who was really kind of hung up about it and it obviously overshadowed anything that Queen could have been I think and the press had a lot to answer for with that I think but um what was also Absolutely. great at the, what was also great at the time is Nikki had an outlet to express her thoughts not just yes. on uh not just on the songs but also she had Queen Radio on Apple Music's Beats 1 uh, and she did not hold back on that show. And that thing was live she as they come. There was no pre-recording happening. That was live radio. And she had no censorship on that show. And she had a fuckload of bomb sound effects. And she was happy she to had drop her. her hoe of the week award, which she used to hand out <laughs> every single week. And she was like, this show, I, I think it's the highest streamed radio show in, in Beats 1 history. Yeah. Um, which shows that people are still very interested in Nicki Minaj. There was no dwindling interest there. And she just was the most, it was the most explicit, just <laughs> off the rails show ever. And she went at just about everybody who crossed her. Um, and one of the big kind of things, Ooh. Oh, that's the fire alarm going off. That's so good. If I, if the room starts to engulf <laughs> in smoke, just send someone for me. This is great. <laughs> I'm getting so worked up about talking about Queen Radio. I've set the fire alarm off. Um, but there, so Queen was uh, number two on the US charts. It was mm. beaten by Travis Scott's Astro World, which was in its second week at number one. However, um, Nikki seemed to think that that was because Travis Scott was selling ticket bundles. So the tickets with the ticket you automatically got a free digital download which also contributed to like your chart placement basically um and so she said she tweeted out at the time and said i put my blood sweat and tears in writing a dope album only for travis scott to have kylie jenner post a tour pass telling people to come see her and store me <laughs> So she was pissed and she later went off on, on Scott on her radio show and called him Ho of the Week. Um, so Just the this was the kind of, of behaviour so that Nicki Minaj was exhibiting at the time. <laughs> and we love it. But I think there's an interesting conversation to be had about you know the way that she deals with with not criticism, but she, I don't. I think she deals with criticism very well, but she deals with competition in a very interesting way. In that yeah. she gets de immediately defensive, and in many in many cases, rightfully so, she gets immediately defensive. Yeah. She fights. Um, she fights tooth and nail for what she believes in and what is right. You know, in her mind, um, and and she she's unrelenting in that, and she's not. She doesn't think think through the way she's going to react, she just does it, which is something that I think is a good thing. I'm sick of these kind yeah. of overthought. And, and, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier about, you know, this album not really, you know, not entirely reflecting the drama around her and, and you know, the specific conversation she was having at the time. Um, it's, I like that she kind of gets her shit done. She, gets, she deals with her stuff very instantly, yeah. whether it ends in tears or in in amends being made yeah. and then she makes she music nothing back yeah and then she makes semi-timeless music so i think that's a really cool I thing don't, about her i don't like however that there was kind of this um image of her at the time that she was kind of going off the tracks or she was kind of losing the plot because of cardi mm. i think she was very much still in control there was obviously this kind of lingering thought in her head um but she was still like had a successful album and obviously the radio show was doing very well. She can still send a song up the charts very easily. Um, but it's just interesting that Drake, who has also been involved in many, many rap feuds in his time, he never kind of gets that tag of like, oh, he's lost the plot or like he's, you know, it's just very interesting the language that people use around 
Nicki Minaj as opposed to someone like Drake or Kanye. She always seems a bit like a, a damsel in distress. Yeah, which is probably just classic misogyny towards female rappers and women in general. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, not treating her um, her feuds and her drama with the same, you know, treatment as the, the male rappers, rappers' feuds. Yeah. And, yeah, th- there was nothing distressed about or, or you know, or woe is me about her arguments with Cardi and her arguments with these folks and, and her, yeah. you know... Her, her troubles with the charts and stuff. There was nothing, you know, um, de- des- desperate about it all. It was all very reasonable yeah. and very sharp and and fast criticism. And yeah, I've just got nothing but respect for her for that kind of stuff. It's um, I've just I went through a few of the Queen lyrics earlier today, and it's interesting <laughs> that it seems that she's already kind of starting to aim thinly veiled um disses towards Cardi and mm. any rapper who's coming near her because she says you can't wear Nicky wig and then be Nicky, which she says on <laughs> Gunja Burns, um, which I think at the time Cardi was kind of wearing colourful wigs and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, she said, anything that Nicky do, you know they knock it off. Put my crown on again and I'm a knock it off. Anything with Nicky in it, they're going to pock it off. I mean profit off. My plug drop it off, she says on hard white. Apology for me not having the same cadence as Nicki Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, then she says, uh, took a little break, but I'm back to me. Trying to make a new Nicki with a factory. They'll never toe-to-toe on a track with me. They'll never be another one after me, she says on LLC. Very strong. Um, so it's already there. She's already, she's already ready for this battle that eventually came with Cardi. And... I think it's just nice to be able to look back on Queen now and appreciate it for the album it was and know that um, female rap's in an incredibly good space right now and everybody's kind of got this collaborative spirit at the moment. Um, and Megan yeah. the Stallion has been able to float to the top without getting in a rift with Cardi or Nicki. In fact, she's collaborated with both of them on separate occasions. It's a nice thing. It's a really nice thing to see um, that... And I think I think Megan's got a lot to be, you know, to be praised for for kind of you know being Absolutely. at the forefront right now because she is bringing yeah all these incredible women together. And I think you're right. You know, there's there's always been this idea that only one only one woman can win, and there can't be multiple yeah. female rappers in the same space. And that's just not true anymore. Um, and it shouldn't have been true, but that's just the way the world has worked in the past. Um, and, and it's, it's and so maybe now Nikki. I mean, Nikki's obviously had a very good year, um, even though she's collaborated with alleged pedophiles. But yes. she's had a very good year on the charts. Um, and I think coming to the next album, she's probably going to be in a much better space. I mean, she's pregnant, she's married, she's like, she's just, you know, she's kind of reached a stage of her life where she's probably not going to care about the things she cared about around the time of Queen. Absolutely. And keeping in mind as well, she's how old now? 30, 37. She's 37 years old, turning 38 wow. this year. So she's in, a new, she's in a new stage of her life, I think, as well. And I think, yeah, whatever comes yeah. next, this, this new music that's going to come is going to be really interesting to see, yeah, how it kind of evolves and how particularly lyrically um, things change for her. And I'm very excited. It makes me really excited about it. Yeah. All right. I'm ready to play a game. All Let's right. Let's do this. I've got a game. Um, if you listen across Queen and also just across a lot of Nikki's work, there are a lot of references to people, items, just that classic kind of, you know, those classic rap references that help a great yeah. rhyme get across the line. Now, I've pulled together <laughs> 13 names. 13. So this is going to be a rapid fire kind of game. 13. Um, okay. 13 names. Primarily people, but also brands, you know, just strange things that Nicki Minaj may or may not have shouted out on Queen at some point. Okay. Now, if you get seven or more right, you you win. You do well. Um, I will also award bonus points if you can tell me which song um, the reference was from. But no harm, no foul if you can't. So if it pops into okay. mind, if you can if you can place the lyric in your mind, extra points for you. Um, and yeah. our loyal listeners, make sure you keep a note of how many you get as well, because we want to see if you can outdo Sam. I think you'll be able to. Um, 
Okay. Yeah, All right. I but, doubt it, but. First person in... Oh, sorry, I shouldn't... So the, the, the game's called Did They Get a Mention? Very catchy. Oh, okay, catchy. good. Yeah, it's good yeah. you mentioned that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to take off. I just Hashtags. wasn't feeling right about it, no, not having it. It's called Did They Get a Mention? Uh, okay, first yeah. uh, person, Audrey Hepburn. Did Audrey Hepburn get a mention on Queen? Oh. No. Wrong. Audrey Hepburn oh. did get a mention on Queen very early on during Ganja Burns, which, by the way, very good song. I had completely Great dismissed song. it. Excellent song. Excellent song. Second person, the Dalai Lama. Does the Dalai Lama get a mention on Queen? Yes, on Ganja Burns. No. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> Gandhi gets a mention. Another oh, religious figure. So I've done the old switcheroo there and turned that <laughs> one around. <laughs> so you're currently zero from 13. Yes, um, thank you. So you better pick your game up. Uh, did Outcast superstar Andre Three Thousand get a mention on Queen? No. Wrong again. Andre did get a mention. Um, oh, the what? line the line is split between um, it's on Ganja Burns from Memory or Majesty, and it's uh, I didn't write down all of the songs, so you know the song part of the game is not going to be a particularly important part. Um, yeah. But she mentions. Um, you you got it's something along the lines of you got you got three stacks but you ain't no Andre or something like that. So, so three oh, stacks, okay. three thousand right. Andre three thousand. Oh, hey, he's referenced, but you're currently zero from twelve after. So zero okay, from thirteen great. after nearly a quarter yeah, of I'd the game. I just like to say I have actually never heard this album. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth, uh, the fourth celebrity in did they get a mention? Q-Tip of a Tribe Called Quest fame. Q-tip. Does Q-tip get a mention? Yes. Correct! Yay! Oh, well done. Can you remember what song? Um, Q-tip gets a mention on... No Googling. Majesty. Correct! Yes! Okay, you can have two points then. Um, in a, a fucking fantastic lyric, because like what they swab you with when your throat hurts, that's why tribe is so vital. We need Q-tip for the culture. It's, which is very relevant to these COVID-19 times we find ourselves in. Yeah. Because you get the back oh of your gosh, throat kind of I can't even believe twisted. I got that, to be honest. Well done. You got double on that. Was that um, Eminem? I'm pretty sure that was Eminem, that line. Oh, was it? Oh, well, there you go. Um, we'll pass. We'll, we'll sort of move through. Um, that one. Hey, it was on Queen, so it doesn't matter. Um, did the Greek Australian tennis star Mark Philippoussis get a mention? No on... fucking way. No, and that is because the Mars singer. That's why it's in your mind. <laughs> okay, you should get two for that as well. Because no, Greek Australian tennis star Mark the yeah. Pooh Philippoussis did not get a mention on Queen. Unfortunately, <laughs> what would Nicky be doing fucking around with Delta's man? To be honest, he should have gotten a mention. He has a house in Miami that's worth like $30 million and the entire thing is carpeted in leopard print, um, which I feel like is very Nicki Minaj energy. So oh, she should have shot the whole album. Literally! Everything should have been shot in a different room. Uh, did the popular young rapper, now older rapper Bow Wow get a mention, formerly Lil Bow Wow? Did Bow Wow get shouted out on Queen at all? Uh, no. Wrong. He is shouted out on Barbie Dreams. Was he? He was. Let me bring up the lyric. Oh my God, she's given everyone a go, hasn't she? I'm surprised I didn't get mentioned somewhere. Hang on. Uh, all these Bow Wow challenge bleeps, lying and shit. So I think the oh, Bow Wow challenge okay. was a thing at the time. Um, so you're currently on, uh, three points from, uh, 13. So you're going okay. Um, did Carl Lagerfeld get a shout out? The fashion designer Carl Lagerfeld, did he get a shout out? Dead fashion designer Carl Lagerfeld. Yes. He did. He got two shout outs on two separate songs. Very good work from Carl. On two separate ones. On Hard White and on Chun Sway. Very impressive. Well done to Carl Lagerfeld. Um, did John Lennon, former Beatles frontman, no, surely not, get a shout out? What's your answer? No. You are correct. He did not get a shout out. However, his wife okay, Yoko good. Ono I... did. Did she? She did on Coco Chanel. 
she was referenced. Um, so that is a grand total so far of five from 13. You've only got to get two more right to pass the challenge. Did the entire okay. Wil- Wilhelmina modelling agency get shouted out? <laughs> the entirety of the modelling agency, Wilhelmina. I'm assuming not. It's um, not like by name. Whole roster? As a, as a whole. Did the, uh, the yes, modelling agency Yes, I think they it? did. Yep. I'll be surprised if you, if you made that up. I could have. You know, I could have done the old switcheroo again and done it a different modelling agency, but you are correct. That's true. The Wilhelmina modelling agency gets shouted out at the end of Chun's sway <laughs> in the outro. Um, we've got five more, and you're only going to get one of these right to um, to proceed and win the game. Uh, Zayn Malik, of One Direction fame, does he get a shout-out? Uh, no. No, he doesn't. Wrong. He gets a shout-out on bed. Does he? Yes. Oh, he does. He, he does. does. So God wrong. Damn it. Six. All right. Still on six. Does Arnold Schwarzenegger get a shout out on no. this album? Arnold Schwarzenegger does get a shout out. How did she work that name into anything? She only says Schwartz, but it's in reference to him. Um, oh, okay. Thank you, Genius, for explaining it. Does George Michael, <laughs> the late great George Michael of Freedom 90 fame, Faith fame, get a shout out on Queen? Um, mm, no. You are correct. He does not get a shout out. Okay. Congratulations. You win the game, I'm but I'm doubting I've got two myself more. now because she's got quite an in depth knowledge. She'd be great at celebrity heads. She's very good. And the only reason I put George Michael in there was because she does reference Prince. And, you know, I kind of put them in the same boat sometimes. Um, yeah. You know, they're both good. Um, Katy Perry, does Katy get a mention? Of course, they collaborated. Just prior on Swish Swish, no, does she get no, a mention? surely not. No. She gets a mention. Ah, oh, really? She gets rep... And her song Bon Appetit gets mentioned as well. To foreshadow no, a, are you kidding? To foreshadow a Katie lyric. I'm not kidding. You seem so surprised. Um, well, I'm surprised. Bon Appetit, Nicki Minaj lyrics. It's referenced on LLC. You know, Nicki gone eat Bon Appetit. And then she references Katie a little further on. <laughs> Um, in the song, so uh, surely she <laughs> regrets that shout out. All my bleeps move that Britney Ari yeah Katie too. So Britney and Ari okay. get a shout out as well. And the final one does Gretchen Wieners from Mean Girls get shouted out? Yes, she, she goddamn does. Well yes. done, good strong end to the do they get a mention game on Fox. That was Stars. a great game. That Look was good. quite hard. Um, we're at the hour mark, just so you know. We are at the hour mark. <laughs> so I think let's let's just give them like Nicki Minaj maximalism and go straight into another game. Great, let's do it. Boom, back to back, Bomb, B2B. Sound Bomb. Sound effect. Bomb. So this game is called Queen Elizabeth II or Queen Nicki Minaj. <laughs> um, I'm assuming it's the first. <laughs> So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quote and it will either be from Queen Lizzie or Queen Nikki. Oh, that's cool. a good name. Queen Lizzie or Queen Nikki. I like that. Queen, <laughs> yeah. You know, you've got to workshop these names. You've got to kind of blue sky them, throw them out there. Queen Lizzie or Queen Nikki. Much more, t- much more catchy. Much tighter. Okay. The first one is, I don't want to let anybody down. I've always been the type of person to make everybody happy and get things done. I've always wanted to... Uh, I've never wanted to let anybody down. I've always wanted to make it... I'm just doing my Queen Liz impression. Um, I never wanted to... I'm going to go with Nikki. That doesn't sound like the kind of letting down of the guard that Queen Elizabeth does. She's a very stoic woman. It is Nikki. You're correct. Yes! Okay. The next one is grief is the price we pay for love. Grief is the price we pay for love. <laughs> Sounds pretty eloquent. I'm going to go Queen Liz for that one. It is. Yes! Glad you're doing so well. Boom! I'm not even having to think about these. Bomb. Okay. Um, this is about Niagara Falls. It looks very damp. <laughs> that has to be Nikki. <laughs> that has to be Nikki. <laughs> that is Queen Lizzie. What? <laughs> Just a little gag from Queen Liz. God bless her cotton socks. That's excellent. Um, okay, 
If I wore beige, nobody would know who I am. Queen Elizabeth is a very colourful woman. Loves a mint gown from time to time. Um, yeah. Nikki would wear beige every now and then. I think Nikki looks great in beige. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Liz on this one. Queen Elizabeth II. Yes, you're correct. Yes. That was Lizzie. If I were beige. Oh, you're doing really well for this. I'm really happy. I'm very impressed with this. Okay, this particular person found themselves in a room with Eric Clapton and asked, have you been playing a long time? <laughs> Who, whichever one it is, it makes me extremely happy. <laughs> <laughs> like whoever it's said so this good because it could truly be either of them. I know exactly. It feels like I would be more inclined to say that Queen Elizabeth would end up in a room with Eric Clapton. You know, doing some kind of royal rounds or knighting him or some ridiculous really? fucking bullshit. I'm gonna go Queen Liz again on this one. Oh, you're right. Time. Yes, you're right. You're happy doing too well. Happy with that. Okay, and final one. But had I accepted the pickle juice, I would be drinking pickle juice right now. <laughs> it's got to be Nikki. It's got to be Queen Nikki. Yeah, it is. Yes! It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did very well for that. It is quite difficult to pick quotes that um, make the Queen sound like Nicki Minaj. <laughs> that was a joyous game, and I think you did a very good job disguising those quotes. All right. Well, gosh, I feel like I've had a real dopamine rush now after that. Those two games in a row. <laughs> well, usually we end the episode by discussing what what they're going to be like next release, but I feel like we've already done that with Nikki. Yeah. yeah. So and maybe we should go... Well, I do like always asking you what you would make a single off the album. Oh, yeah. If you had the power. Um, Nip Tuck, I think. A really nice R&B yeah, moment for her. Good pop song. Yeah. One of those really gorgeous R&B pop crossovers. Um, and, and in the same vein, the one I mentioned towards the start of the podcast, Come See About Me, um, still stands up for me. Um, that yeah. said, I just don't know if they're, like, they're lovely, but are they like singles? Like, are they really iconic and really, you know, big songs? Potentially yeah, not. Yeah, which then they're not really, are they? No, but they're nice songs, aren't they? But nice just isn't good enough sometimes. I feel like Majesty stands up as kind of like the epic of the album. I'm, I'm surprised they never gave that any radio treatment. From memory in Australia, like Majesty got a moment. Majesty was oh, a little... But only a little moment, like a couple of weeks of play, I think. because, And I think yeah. that was based on the fact it was Eminem and Labyrinth with her. Um, yeah. I love. I think it's got a great hook, um, Majesty, and some really, some really sharp lyrics. Um, but that, that's another one that I don't know. It's got kind of got everything, but it's it could have been bigger. It could have been like a really yeah. big kind of moment, but kind of falls yeah. flat, flat at times. It's even though um, Bad is very dull. Mm. Um, I think had it come maybe a year later when Ariana was having her real hot streak with Thank yeah. You Next and stuff, then it probably would have just blown into the top 10 just because of who was on it. Yeah. But I think it was still coming as like, I think she'd just done No Tears Left to Cry and obviously then Sweetener did really well and then like she just flew into the stratosphere. So I exactly. think maybe Bed could have been a hit. However, didn't deserve to be. So no. You're exactly right. It's in its right place. <laughs> in bed. It's, it's laying in bed. It's in its right... It's been put to bed. <laughs> Any closing thoughts from you, Sam Murphy? I, I just enjoy going back and listening to it. Like, I, I'm a big Nicki fan, and I think it's not my favourite album from her, but yeah. I think it's much better than people made out, and it's not a disaster, and it's not desperate, and it's none of those things. Um mm. I think she kind of deserved her kudos and I just hope that um, now she's able to step into a new realm of rap where you can all play in the same arena and you can all like kind of do what you want to do and and not have to be compared on that level and I think that's going to give Nikki a really nice space and it's going to give her a nice space to introduce new female rappers and also um, maybe feature like some of the older female rappers like she did on this record with Foxy Brown. So yep. I think it's 
it's really cool to see how far Rat has progressed in the last two years. I am not going to make any further comments because I think that was a beautiful way to do it. I wasn't going to let you. I was just going to cut. I thought that was going to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for Flop Stars, guys. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, uh, leave a rate and review, helps people find the podcast. And if you like it, share it around. And if you're a Nikki stan that's just found us, um, let your other Nikki friends, uh, what are they called? What are the Nikki, the heart of the beehive? No, the barbs. Let's the barbs. get the barbs, the barbs onto us. The barbs are capable of anything. The barbs. If I ever needed a body buried, I'd call on the barbs. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, bye. <laughs>